Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes, yeah. otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to yeah. that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. Just two years ago, Eddie Ayres was teaching cello, viola and double bass to children in Afghanistan. It was a long way from his role as a presenter on ABC's Classic FM. Afghanistan was still a country dealing with the aftermath of a war that had torn the country apart. Music, in particular, suffered terribly under the Taliban. It's this experience that it's inspired Eddie to create a picture book for children. It's called Sonam and the Silence, and Eddie is on the phone now. Hi, Eddie. How are you? Yes, good. Thank you. What was the state of Af- Afghanistan when you arrived in 2016? Uh, absolutely quite a lot better than it is now, sadly. Um, the state was still, though, very much um, post conflict with some, well, quite a lot of conflict going on around the main city, the capital city, Kabul. Um, But Kabul at the time was a relatively safe place with not that many attacks um, from either the Taliban or um, more recently um, ISIS. And uh, things were beginning to recover. You know, um, education was happening for boys and for girls. University numbers were going up. Um, there was still some optimism in the air. And, of course, you were there teaching music. Tell us about the importance of music in Afghani culture. Well, in Afghan culture, music is incredibly important. I kind of liken it to sport in our culture, that even if you're not really into sport, you're still kind of aware of what's happening in the sporting world. And, you know, our kind of um, cultural knowledge is, is really suffused with sporting heroes as well as um, people from other um, walks of life. So it was like that with music. Music was the one thing that really bound Afghanistan together because Afghanistan is made up of lots of different groups, ethnic groups. So you've got the um, Tajiks, the Uzbeks, the Pashtuns, um, the people um, in the center of the country, the Hazaras, a whole bunch of different peoples. And they all have have quite different cultures, but music was the one thing that took little bits from each of those cultures and brought it together in one song. So it was was such an important thing and very clever of the Taliban in a way, you know, in a very dark way, to ban music. And it's a very long history too, isn't it? Of music in Afghanistan, absolutely. Um, The Western instruments like um, violin, viola, cello, the lute, they can all be traced back originally to instruments coming out of Afghanistan, uh, particularly this one instrument called the rubab, which is called the lion of instruments, and it's the national instrument of Afghanistan. So it's made from a single piece of mulberry wood. Mulberry trees are quite commonplace in Afghanistan. So you get a single piece of mulberry wood and hollow it out and um, make it so that it looks a little bit like something like a mandolin or a very small um, guitar, but much wider in the back than the guitar. And then you cover the front with a piece of dried goat skin and on the for the strings, you use traditionally dried gut, sheep's gut, which is spun. And, um, and then you have the most beautiful, very, very earthy sound. So, you know, when you hear this instrument, it just sums up so much a, a, like a musical kind of vision of Afghanistan. 
You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Eddie Ayres. He's just written a book called Sanam and the Silence. It's a been inspired by his experience teaching in music in Afghanistan in 2016. Um, Eddie, the book's named after a young musician you met in Kabul, uh, Sanam. Can you tell us about her? Yeah, so um, it's sort of loosely based on her life, but it's also very much a sort of um, joining of the lives of so many of these girls and young women that I met, you know, all of whom were just the, the bravest, strongest young people I've ever met. So the the actual Sonam that I knew, um, she was about 16 when I knew her, and she'd gone to the school. The school pays a stipend to families of of young people who, um, so if the families are very, very poor and the young people have had to go out onto the street to work, you know, selling like chewing gum or balloons, that kind of thing on the street, that money that they would have earned for the very poor families that they live in, um, it's replaced by a stipend from the school. And Sonam was one of these girls. So she came from a large family that her father had died a long time ago. So her mother, a widow, um, a fairly um, working-class family as well. And Sonam was literally out on the street selling chewing gum. And uh, she had a place for herself at this school. And during the four or five years she was at the school, she learned reasonable English. She learned how to read music. Um, She learned, obviously, her own language of Dari. She also had Islamic studies. And um, she learned to play the viola. Mm-hmm. And when I moved there in 2015, just a few months after that, Sonam eventually left the school. She was um, by then sort of 16, 17 years old. It's always a little bit hard to say. Um, and uh, she had got an offer of marriage. Now, you might think that that's a kind of failure that, you know, she would got married young. Um, she didn't finish her, her schooling. And, and that is obviously not a good thing. But considering where Sonam had come from, this was actually a, a great improvement in her life. So if that sort of step, you know, if those sort of steps up can keep on happening, then that means that Sonam, with the music that she learnt at school, she'll be able to play her children music and hopefully they'll be in an even better position as they grow up. So the Sonam in the book is younger um, than the Sonam you knew in Afghanistan and um it is, it's a story of a young girl and her experience with music and how sometimes the music's disappearing and that effect, that the effect that has on her. Even saying that, it's a, it's a very beautiful book, though it deals with something that could be seen as dark and frightening. Um, was that intentional, that um, both the sound and the look of this book would be beautiful? Oh, look, I couldn't be more pleased with the illustrator, Ronak Taher, um, who is Australian-Iranian by birth. And uh, a lot of the kind of visual imagery of Afghanistan and Iran are actually quite similar. So it's great that Ronak just steps straight in and used all these sort of colors that you might see on the front of a mosque. You know, lots and lots of tones of blue, but quite dark, earthy tones as well. And Ronak just nails my image of Sonam um, and bettered it as well. I mean, it just she's such a beautiful artist. But yeah, it's true. It does cover, I suppose, quite an intense thing of what do you do if something you love is forbidden. And um, I've had a few events already with kids and and we talk about this, and obviously it's a very delicate line that I have to take, and 
Um, we talk about extremism and this this thing of how sometimes people want to use power over you and take away the thing that you love to manipulate you. And, you know, kids are just fascinated by this and they come away from the sessions and they have a whole new appreciation of their lives and the fact that this doesn't happen in Australia, that they can go to music lessons, that they can sing on the street, that they can laugh, they can run, that they don't have to wear headscarves, all this stuff. And so in that way, I wanted it to be a book where we can sit in Australia and we think, yes, actually, what we have here is really, really good. And to really show how important music is. And um, yeah, I, I guess not to... Not to kind of mollycoddle children. I think that children um, want to know everything. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> if, you, if you give them something and you present it, obviously, in a kind and appropriate way for their age, a child can get the central tenet of an idea as well as anyone. Mm. In fact, sometimes better. This book feels like a story of healing, I don't know if that's as you intended it, but do you believe that music has the power to heal even in a place as complex and fraught as Afghanistan? Well, yes, absolutely. I mean, when I was at the school, um, the kids came from all these different backgrounds and all these different um, socioeconomic backgrounds as well as um, uh, ethnic backgrounds. And, you know, they all sat together and they played and they played literally to the same beat. And they played their instruments together. They played in the schoolyard together. They did everything together. And so if that can be used as a kind of formula for the rest of the country, then, you know, surely that is going to help. It's going to help heal a lot of wounds. And I'm sure even for the time you were there, Eddie, you made a big difference as well. Thank you. Oh, I don't know about that, but anyway. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. That was Eddie Ayres, author of Sanam and the Silence. And Eddie has also written about his experiences in Afghanistan for adults. It's a book called Danger Music. We'll put links to both on the website. Just head to kindling.com.au. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.